Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Degrees. My name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. Today, we have a special guest, and go ahead, introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. My name is Chris Perkins. I work for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, hey, right everyone. My name is Carlos Luna. Uh, I am not Chris Perkins. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, I am a content creator for Roll20. I'm their content producer, and I do play some Dungeons and Dragons around the internet and uh, different places. You might have seen me on Rivals Waterdeep or Dimension 20, recent side quest. Yeah, uh, looking forward to talking to you guys today. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, and I also watched your um, Kids on Bikes, which is kind of, I wanted to like kind of diversify my portfolio of gaming tabletop because I have just been too scared to move away from what I've known. So I'm starting to look at all other things and that looked really cool and exciting. Yeah, I think I've played a couple games of Kids on Bikes online. I'm not sure which one you saw. But that's a real fun narrative-driven game. So if you're used to playing a lot of Dungeons and & Dragons and liking that uh, role-playing aspect of it, yeah, you'll definitely love Kids on Bikes. So let's see. How do I want to approach this? <laughs> now you, just, you just run in. You bust down the door. You rolled a nat 20. Like, come in with that energy. All right. We're going to talk about diversity in gaming. The main reason I want to talk about that, it's kind of a topic that's come up in life. We have to be more aware than we were before about the plights of other people, but also more aware of like, who are we watching and are we represented and is that okay? Or can we do something to change it? I think that as an individual who's not really super, uh, how do I say this? I don't kind of like, I'm not white enough to be a, a white kid but I'm not Mexican enough to be the Mexican kid like I have this weird kind of like feelings towards you know race and diversity like I just always felt like I was kind of the in-between and it, it was very late into college that I realized hey I'm the only brown kid in my friend group like I didn't mm. notice it I just kind of it didn't really come up that often I think yeah. one of the main things that kind of I guess sort of triggered me was like, or to, to like open my eyes was that like one of my exes was just like, why don't you ever speak in Spanish to me or something like that? And I'm like, Oh, uh, I, that's, I don't, I don't speak that well. And I'm afraid. And I just didn't see that coming. Like, that's not who I am. I'm not your Spanish boyfriend. I'm, I'm your boyfriend. Ooh. I think Ooh. she used that word one time. And yeah. I was like, like yeah. so, I was more aware at that point. Yeah, tell because you what. some yeah. some yeah, somebody that you thought was like your person was like, "Hey, let's make this real awkward racist statement of like, why don't you speak Spanish to me?" Yeah, my last name is French. Like I'm not going to go around speaking French to people, but like I oof. Oh, I'm like I got real mad. <laughs> you okay. did get real Sorry. mad. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I I don't think it's so it, it's so hard, right? Like, what are those, I guess, uh, what are they, microaggressions? Mm -hmm. um, yes. Like, yeah. So I won't, go, I won't go full out on her, but, like, that definitely played a part, right? And, and to go back, what you said earlier about, you know, not feeling totally Hispanic or not white or not what, I never really saw myself that way. You know, like, I can speak to that 100%. I never really thought about it that way. I wasn't. I'm not one of those Puerto Rican. 
Mexicans. I'm not one of those Mexicans. Like, yeah. I'm not that way. I don't know, you know, but at the same time, stopping there and not really looking inside to what I actually am. And I can 100% tell you, 100%, without a doubt, I've been on a bunch of, like, Latinx panels. This came up on the first Latinx panel I was ever on, and it came up on everyone since. <laughs> Every right. single one since. There is a common pattern amongst Latinx people that feel this way, especially in gaming, you know, or especially in these subcultures that might not be, like, native to, you know, whatever culture you originate from, right? Like, I'm first generation, and... I, my parents specifically went out of their way not to teach me Spanish, right? I grew up on a predominantly Hispanic street in Chicago. Like I grew up on 58th in California, which is not a great neighborhood. And maybe there was like two white kids on my block, you know? I didn't play with any of the brown kids on my block because I didn't speak any Spanish and they predominantly spoke Spanish. So, you know, I didn't even go to a local school. Like I, I went to a school outside my district because my parents really wanted a better education for us. So, you know, I don't know if they can get arrested now, but, they, you know, they said they lived in a different district. They had mail forwarded to a friend out there. And we used to take an hour long bus ride just to go to school every day where, again, like most of the kids, I mean, it was a pretty diverse crew or whatever amount of people, but like it, it was different. Right. And then. You know, in high school, I grow up and we move, we do the Chicago thing, which is like in high school, you try to get to the suburbs for the schools. Like you just try to get to a suburb to go to high school. And that's what they did. And yeah, I was, all my friends were white, right? And I never really thought about it. And just like, oh yeah, well, you know, I learn alternative music and I, uh, you know, start playing Magic Gathering and all that other stuff. And it wasn't until, I don't know, I was probably, can I say I was on drugs? I was probably on drugs. Uh, I was probably like on mushrooms or something where I was just like really thinking like Carlos. And I was like, that sounds like a Mexican guy's name. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, that's me. <laughs> and like, I really didn't get it. I didn't get it until then. And then things started falling into place. And I really started... It doesn't see what it really comes down to. It doesn't matter how in that instance, I guess I had always been taught that it doesn't matter what other people think of you. So it completely, I completely blocked that part out that I was someone's brown friend that I do think about this. You are a checkbox on someone's list of friends. Mm -hmm. Like you are their brown friend at some point in their life. They have referenced that they are not racist because they are friends with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like there is, you know what I mean? Yeah. They go to bed at night feeling just a little bit better about themselves. <laughs> and like, I had never thought about that before. And not as a, like, like I, I don't feel like any of your friends would ever tokenize you like that or anything like that. But yeah, those little things that people don't, you, you really don't internalize until like later on in life. Like by the time I was 21, I would say I had been I had been in the back of a police car maybe four or five times handcuffed and I'm talking like dude I'm a nerdy ass guy <laughs> like yeah. 
Like, I played Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, and I was 21 the first time I tasted alcohol, right? And it, I was straight edge all throughout high school. And, you know, before I even finished college, I was in the backseat of cop cars. One time I was just literally walking out of a, a, a white hen pantry and uh, checking my phone in my car. And they pull up, they toss my car, looking for drugs and all that. And just, it, even then it didn't occur to me because in my head, I was believing everything the cops were telling me. Oh, you fit a description of someone in the area. We're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh man, I guess I do. So sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, 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 that's safe. Because that's that brings up a lot of emotions. And I really do think you know, I, it's not my lived experience. It's not something that I think about firsthand and that's unfortunate, but that's important to have your voice and even your tangents. That's important and take up that space. You know, we were talking about earlier, just like not taking up that space. And I think it, it was marginalized a lot and, you know, goes further into your life. And I think a lot of people even acknowledge, right? Even I don't feel like I can take up space in somebody's house because I need a place to live because I just got a new job and I'm trying to find a new house and all of these things. <laughs> like, you know, that's a larger, that didn't feel like a lot, but it, it could be attributed to, to something like being marginalized on a day-to-day -day basis of, oh no, you know what? They were probably were looking for somebody who looked and fit my description. And I just happened to be here and you know, but their look and description was probably like, mm, he's brown and nothing more than he's probably brown. And that yeah. fucking sucks. Like, yeah. And I, and I think it, it, the mixture of like, there is a, a, like um, not being self-aware in that way uh, of the fact that like, like, I'm sure there are other groups that like know why they got pulled over. Like they know why they're in the back of, of a car. But because I was so young and I wasn't taught that, I wasn't taught about, like, these issues happen to other people. They don't happen to people like you. And we never really talked about who is a person like me. And I'm here to say, like, no one is exempt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, everyone is a person like me in some, in some fashion, most people. So, I don't know, it was just weird, like, not for, for the longest time, not realizing until like later on in my life and then, you know, realizing it and then seeing all these issues and stuff like that. And then I want to say it, it's not specific to the Latinx experience, especially like further generations as far as you go. But man, I tell you, like the more I talk to people, like a lot of us grew up exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us grew up like I always think of like, what is that game? Shoots and ladders where you spin it, where you spin that little thing on the box, right? Yeah. You, you flick the spinner, right? Yeah. I always think of the liner. That's what we called it when you, when it lands on a line, you know, you got yeah. a liner. And I always think of like, that's kind of what I am. And depending on what angle you're looking at me from, I could be on the left and I could be on the right side of it. But like me, myself as Carlos, I've always seen myself as a liner, I guess, and I've never committed to either side. It's weird. Yeah. And that's strange that that's not strange. It's a, I'm sure absolutely understandable. And I think a lot of people could connect with that of you don't have to choose either side. You are both, you are both sides of that. And the hard part is, is figuring out 
how that looks without being a stereotype or how that looks without, you know, it's that intersection that's so difficult to describe that, yes, I have this identity and yes, I have this identity and they may look like they're opposites. They may look like they, they don't go together, but they do because I'm here and here's my, my spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, Sorry, it's all very riveting. I just, I'm just kind of like thinking and processing everything. <laughs> My mind is just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I kind of saw all this happening to myself as well. Like, mm. I think the first time I got scared, because like I never like, you know, why are you afraid of the cops? I didn't understand that until I got stopped. And then now, like, even if I'm going the speed limit and I like catch it in the the corner of my eye, I get like a cold sweat. Just, am I doing something wrong immediately? Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't ever profiled. I did speed one time. And then after that, I was just hooked. But like, I think the only time I feared was this, I, I was going to pick up my dog from Dallas and I was just falling asleep and some guy pulled me over, which, you know, right thing to do. But he said, you know, keep your hands on the wheel. And I'm like, okay. But also then he said, Can, I, I need to see your license. And I'm like, Okay. And I reach for my license, like, whoa, don't, not fast. And then he, I see his hand dart Ooh. to his gun. And I'm just like, Oof. am I going to be one of those videos? Like, yeah, that's like the time that I realized, like, this is scary from both points. But like right now I don't have anything and he doesn't know. And I just don't know how to feel. And I'm just like in this jumble emotions, like, okay, I'm just not going to move. And, you know, I start fearing for my life. And I don't think that's like, unfortunately, it's not a, an experience that is rare. It happens a lot. And... After that point, I'm just like, is he fearing because he's also seen the videos where it's gone the other way? Like, I just, I just, I don't know. It just freaks me out every time I get stopped. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that being afraid because of who you are and just also like taking shit for who you are, it's also tough. Like, even though I'm brown and Hispanic, my last name is Lawrence and... I've had multiple people like when I fill out documents or I show up to an appointment, it's like, can I see your ID or are you Adrian Lawrence? Like they have to question me and I'm just like, yeah, I know my name is white as hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and yeah. I look brown too. So I always feel this dual identity between my name and then my outward appearance. It's just, it's hard yeah, to cope I, with. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've always like, I don't know what it is. I've just always assumed that like, my work will shine through, right? Yeah. Once they, you know, my, my personality will shine through. And I've always, like, I, I, I guess in the back of my head approached life like that. Like, but I guess, I don't know why I assumed everyone does. Like, everyone has to, right? But I think it's just, it's easier and harder, right? Like, it's easier for some people and harder for others. And, yeah, just being able to, like, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's weird to even say, like, I don't know what, what like uh like i would never say my life is hard like ever like i would never say that but i know my life is not easier <laughs> right like i don't i i believe my life is is pretty damn good like i get to do some awesome freaking stuff but i could tell you that like i worked really hard you know it's that saying of like we have to work twice as hard to get like half as far yeah and I really do think that's true. I, I, I know it's true. <laughs> I've had conversations with other people on other projects on, on why that's true. 
it was one of the first conversations that I had with Rivals. Like, when Rivals was being put together, it's this, this awesome cast of, like, people of color all in one room, character creating for our first episode that's going to happen in a couple weeks. And, you know, we're about an hour or two in of just hanging out. And then, you know, we close the door and we have the conversation. And I don't know if white people know about that conversation, but that conversation for a performer, for people of color that perform or people of color that are kind of in a public eye or a public sense, but they usually have to have a conversation of just like, well, what happens when they come for us? Like, what happens when the trolls come? Like, what happens when, you know, how do we behave online? And, and it's not that, like, we're coming up with something revolutionary or new. It's just we need to be, we need to all be aware and on the same page and understand that I have your back, right? You know, like, I'm, I'm there with these people. And this is, like, one of the first times we ever met. <laughs> and, and I'm having these conversations with, with these people who are just, like, not only do we have to like be aware of this but we have to be better than it too and that's a tall order because i imagine there's a bunch of people that get awesome opportunities like dungeons and dragons the creator of this game contacts you to do uh to put on a stream for them and you get together and i'm sure everyone else who got that call and got to sit in that room got to make their characters and have a couple drinks and have some laughs. But like in this particular situation, the people in that room had to have a hard conversation and had to let each other know that like, you know, I have your back. This type of stuff won't be tolerated. We need to approach it like this and like that and just all get on the same page. So that's how I know it's different. That's how I know it isn't easy. I don't consider it hard but I don't consider it easy. Gotcha. You have to put in the work and it doesn't, it won't flow as well if you don't. I recognize that that's not a thing I would have ever thought about was coming together and discussing what happens when trolls do come for whatever changes or anything of like that. Like how do we as a group of, you know, BIPOC, what do you do and what is your stance as a group together? And I, I would never feel comfortable to lead that conversation. And I know that is part of my voice to say, we do need to have these conversations, but you know, I'm excited and hopeful that there are being changes made in our world around us. And especially we're talking about something that living in Texas for both Adrian and I, that's a, that's a real experience. Like the, this mysterious border wall is a place that we can feasibly go to in like a day and a half drive, but yeah. you know, <laughs> two hours now for me, two hours now. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, I mean, I'm, I, for even in this like 30 minute conversation am now that's it. Like there's, there's no questions. I, I, that those conversations absolutely need to be had and talked about and discussed and it needs to be everybody. And we do need to have people who live those experiences every day, leading the way and having the support and not like as a white person, I don't have the space to fight with you. Those are your experiences. I'm going to believe you, you know, and thinking about, I guess, 
my intersection of being female and being in the gaming community, I have similar experiences, but I can leave gaming communities. I, I don't have to be around those people. I can find female areas, but that, that like race and ethnicity conversation could still be present there, but I'm not having to also experience that. And that I, you know, I can, I can walk out of those things and that's, Oh guys, I didn't think, <laughs> I knew it was gonna, I knew like it was gonna feel. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is heavy all the time. Um, um, recently. It, <laughs> we're really good at it. We're yeah. really good at having those deeper. Oh, good. It's so good. Having these conversations is so important. I think if you're any type of creator, you need to be self-aware the creators, you know, make things for other people. And that means that you're dealing with strangers, right? And when dealing with strangers, you have to, I think it's naive to not come up with your own set of rules and boundaries and continuously think about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how that services. Like, so in my me personally, as Carlos, I have a goal in my head. And the things that I do publicly and in life need to be in service of that goal. It needs to be, I'm not walking forward unless I'm thinking of that. And that constantly needs to be updated. Like I constantly need to update, okay, well, we need more people of color on shows. How can I make that happen? How, how can I do something about that? You know, at Roll20, I started the Spotlight program, which, you know, it's an open open application. And I saw people, I was a creator myself, you know, I started making my own podcast. And I would have loved for any type of a company to approach me and be like, hey, like, can we sponsor your show? You know, so trying to give people those tools, trying to get give them those things, that's really helpful. Diversity on a podcast or on a live stream or on a show or whatever, a panel, super important. And, you know, this is a podcast about diversity. Today's episode, diversity in gaming. You know, I set certain standards for myself, right? Before, you know, I, I didn't. I, I, was, I was okay being the only brown person on a show. And I think that does help. But when I can, I will always push push diversity. You know, I will always push for more people of color, for more representation on shows. You know, when you think about diversity, you, 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 you know, you have certain people that book these shows or, you know, whatever, and six people on the show, right? Mm -hmm. We have six people on the show, and I'm the only person of color. And that show is considered diverse. You know, when I was performing in Chicago it was an ongoing joke around people of color where we were just called sprinkles, you know, just, you just need one sprinkle to be okay. And God, that sounds really mean, but <laughs> I mean, it, it was funny. Sorry. It wasn't like, it wasn't that self deprecating, but I, you know, when I think of diversity, I think over 50%, that's my goal over 50%. Like if I told, like, have you, God, do, do they still make those little cereal boxes that you can get? Like variety packs? Uh, I don't know. It's I don't eat cereal. Yes. Sorry, tell me. You, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Those yes, little yes. like variety packs. You get like six, and they're like taped together or whatever. And you really have Fruit Loops and you know Apple Jacks and all that. Um, I think about those all the time because that is a variety pack 
essentially a diversity pack, right? And like a ma- and like six comes in one of them taped together, right? Mm-hmm. Six boxes. Now imagine the stream you're putting on or the show you're putting on or the players you're putting together and you hand it to them. You, you hand it to a customer and you say, here's our diversity pack. And it's Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies, Fruit Loops. You'd be like, this isn't a variety pack, you know? <laughs> but for whatever reason, that flies across the board for everyone. So I really had to think, and, you know, I try to approach everything with 50% or more. We need 50% or more. And depending what, you know, what the cause is or, or what we're doing or who's it for or whatever, you know, that gets, that's always the goal. And sometimes I always don't, I don't always reach that goal, but that, that is definitely something I would like to see done across the board for everyone. All right. Uh, so I, w- I have a question then. So as a yeah. GM, I've kind of, I've only kind of searched out for players once to, for this Curse of Strahd game. And there was, I've got a handful of applications. I never really, like, I kind of considered age just so that, you know, older individuals aren't getting annoyed by younger individuals while gaming. And so I try to make it a mix. And I never really thought of race being one of them. But, like, when applying, this guy said, are you LGBTQ friendly? I'm like, yeah. Can you tell me more? Because I didn't know that was an issue in gaming. Like, that mm-hmm. also, like, people would just, like, need that confirmation. And I'm, it's just kind of heartbroken. I'm like, if you can find some people and want that game, I will DM for you. Unfortunately, he didn't respond back. I just thought, like, how does one, like, find those individuals and are willing to... How do I find diversity? Because, like, it's mostly, for the most part, when I search for them on Roll20, I get a lot of male caucasian individuals and i try to diversify between you know female and male so that there's kind of like this mixture but sometimes their names are deceiving and i get all males <laughs> yeah how would one approach to like even in their own D experience especially because on online because of you know as the pandemic goes on how does one approach that or find that yeah that's a real good question. Uh, <laughs> it's fine if you don't have back, an answer to. Going no, going back to what I said earlier. So I had I had an editing gig where I went out and I filmed this event and I did a video and I came back and I published the video. And then the creators of the event contacted me and they said, Hey, we want you to edit our video. Basically the same thing you did, but do it in a minute. I said, awesome. They're going to pay me really good money. And they had a professional service go out there and they were filming the event, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they probably had like 12 guys to my one guy. And they overnighted the hard drives to me. And they started going through all the footage. And I noticed their footage looked different than mine in terms of diversity, which was odd because there were people of color there. There weren't a lot, but there definitely was. And I, I, the more I was editing it, the more I was realizing that, like, this was not on someone's mind when they were shooting. Like, it was on my mind because it was important to me for everyone to be represented across the board. But it wasn't on their mind. So maybe they picked only a couple tables and they filmed that and, you know, they ignored the rest because they had other things to do. The same thing goes for booking shows right right now if i had a show that i needed to put like i book shows all the time like i put on show streaming shows on roll 20 
you know, I'll book for other events, you know, I'll get contacted by whoever and I'll help them out. And I can book a show today if you ask me to. And I can contact this person, that person, this person. I know they'll be interested. I know they'll like it, blah, blah, blah. But will it be diverse? That might be a little bit harder. And I realize from both of those situations that diversity actually isn't hard. It's that not doing it is really easy. It's really easy. It's really easy just to pick everyone that you know. Well, if you think about it, everyone you know has already gotten those opportunities. The people that get these opportunities are people that have received those opportunities from other people who had opportunities, which, you know, if we trace that back, it's, you know, not people of color. So how do you get in that position? You have to try. You have to not always take the easy way of doing things. And that's for booking. And that is for editing, it's for casting, it's across the board. Diversity isn't hard. Everything else is easy. And I think you just need to approach it that way. Like, as we get older, we're allowed to pick and choose who we are around. And based on our experiences of the past, we're mostly around people who are like us, right? So if you're looking for the diverse thing, you actually have to do it. Because previously, there was a school district that set boundaries on you. There are your parents who made you go to school or go to camp or go wherever. And now you are a, a real live person, adult in the world. So you have to make it a point to go seek out new people. They're not going to land in your lap. Someone else isn't going to retweet them. You have to find them. And again, it is not hard. It's just the other thing is so much easy. Like, it's so much easier if I just, like, scroll through my, my feed instead of actually, like, drilling through other profiles to find other people. And that's how I kind of look at it. I don't know if this is true or not, but that's how I like to look at it whenever I'm like, whew, got to take on this project. So-and-so is busy. This person's gone. I got to get some fresh blood. I'm like, I just need to go searching for them, you know, because there's a million, a million people out there. They're all waiting for opportunities, but they don't get it because... One, they haven't been inducted into this place where opportunities come flowing in. The other thing is people think that all these people who get these opportunities, like I get opportunities, right? Other people get opportunities, right? You might be looking, you might be listening to this right now, listener, and you're like, well, where are my opportunities? It only takes one. You can go search it, but as soon as you get that one, you can get another one and you can get another one after that. And there's no one, I guarantee you, there is no one that is going to discover because I can just tell you right now, like people do discover you and find you and want you for your thing, but they just want, they want to book someone or they want to find someone that will, what's the word? Just like complete their project, not take their project to the next level. I got all these people that like have great ideas. They're, they're great creative people and, and they want to do great things. And they think that they need to have all their ducks in a row before they even attempt something like this. And I'm here to tell you, like, that's not true at all. Like you could have nothing and just go for it. Just contact people. Like you contacted me. You're like, Hey, you want to be on a podcast? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a million people, like there are a million people that will say yes to that. They just will. You just have to, like, shoot your shot. And here's the other messed up part. And I think it's, I don't know, but different people think differently. Yeah. But, like, um, 
people of color don't shoot their shot enough. Dude, I, oh, so that program that I run, it, it's open applications. And I'll tell you, like, the the stuff that I review, like, the people of color that shoot their shot, damn, is it good. <laughs> it's, like, well-documented. Like, someone put this stuff in a Word program and had their buddy look it over uh, before they sent it over to me. And it's, like, you know, they got a website set up and they pay for domain hosting and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, check out my project. And I'm like, cool, man, let's talk. And then other people, like, I swear to God, I once got an application that said, like, literally all it says is you should sponsor my show. I read it. I, I scroll down a little bit more. My show's not out yet. I scroll down a little bit further. I need a computer. How can we help you? Can you buy me a computer? When you start second guessing whether or not you should apply for this job or for this scholarship or for, you know, a part in a role or something, just think of that, that someone was literally like, I don't have a project. I got an idea. I don't have tools. I think you should buy me the tools. Sight unseen. Like there's no resume, no line of work. Nothing else was described. Just like this, like. I can't imagine live what it's like to live in that world, but there are millions of people who live in that world. So if you ever second guess yourself about taking a shot, just think of that story. Buy me a computer. That's yeah. amazing. Buy me a computer. <laughs> but I, computer. yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people I'm absolutely positive because I work with students every day who are like, I have to have all of my things together. I have to all have all of this done. And it is so terrifying not to have all of your ducks in a row to apply for a job. But honestly, let somebody else tell you no, right? Let somebody else put that that door in your face. And if that's something you really want, then you find out how to open that door. But I promise there's another door. There's, okay, here's what I feel about this whole situation, right? You just described our commander in chief, if you will. If you will allow me to call him that. Okay, I'll allow it. For now. (laughs) You cannot tell me that man child was prepared to do half of the job that we think and we expect the president of the United States to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's no training. There was no, it was just, hey, I'll learn the job as I do it. Which, that is a when you actually think about it and you're actually a sane person, that is a bigger responsibility than just signing your name to, to bills and laws and pardoning people and kissing babies and hosting the Easter egg hunt. Right. It's more than just that. It is a spokesperson for the general vibe and feel of the people and hearing somebody else say things like we should build a wall talking about, just good old boys just having a good time and you know burning crosses and lynching people in the streets like we are back in 1960 which was really not that long ago but if you have that person saying those things then it's fine you can think those things and those people that have the confidence are gonna come out and they're gonna have their flags flown and yeah yeah and it's not the thing is like you know, I, I know what this is like, and I, I 
I struggle with this too, that shooting your shot thing, you know, because I'll, I'll I'll sit on this podcast and I'll be like, yeah, shoot your shot, shoot your shot. But, you know, I'll also spend hours and hours working on something that no one will see, right? Like, try to get yourself, if, if you're listening to this right now, one, things that are preventing you from going for that job, for auditioning, for doing that show, for doing that podcast, things that might be in your head for, for not doing that thing, it, it usually revolves around feeling unqualified, like not going for a job because in your head, you might be thinking, oh, I don't want to lie to someone. Like, I don't want to tell them that I can do this thing when really I don't even know what they're going to ask me to do. Like, I don't know what it's like being a, you know, stock trader. I don't know what that's like. It's just like, well, just Google it and look it up a little bit. Well, what's their day-to-day like? Well, that's your anxiety talking. You know what I mean? Because like no one expects you to show up to your first day of work know where to sit, know how to log in, know who the person next to you, know what goes on at the noon meeting. No one expects you to know any of that stuff, okay? Like, if you want to go for that senior game designer, like, job at Wizards that was posted the other day, like, just go for it. The other thing is, the people hiring, the people hiring out there are not looking for someone to blow their minds. They're not looking for someone to change the game, they're not looking for someone extraordinary. The people hiring are looking for someone that they can trust to handle the job that they finally got permission they can hire someone for because two people have been doing that job for the longest time and they are overloaded. That's the only reason people hire. They don't hire because like, oh, you know, we need to find someone to knock up this job to the next level. No, no one does that. Like people only hire and spend money on people when they think they can get a return on it. And that usually comes from like people being overloaded, the business expanding and stuff like that. So like know from the jump that you are not expected to be extraordinary. They want to know if you can fit in this system that they've already built. And a lot of times, a lot of times, like I would say almost all the time, like everyone votes with their gut. Everyone does. This election will be determined on a gut instinct, has nothing to do with facts has everything, because we're humans. Like, I believe humans invented facts to explain their emotions, (laughs) like to give a reason why they have emotions. Uh, Like, because if you think about it, like a dog just eats the food on the floor. He doesn't explain, well, it only fell for five seconds. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna eat it, you're gonna eat it. It it doesn't really matter. But like, people want to think that they're like that they know more and and that they have more like all of marketing like i love marketing and i love branding and everyone believes that like you know they are these great well tell me all the features on the thing chances are people like us buy things like that like i can tell what type of shoes i'm going to buy based on what type of person i am and it's the same thing for that hr rep that needs to hire for this position they already know they're looking at you like, can you fit in? And this is where diversity matters because if you're an HR person, you want to hire for your team. And if you're not thinking about diversity, well then, yeah, like you're going to hire someone that's like the other five white people in the, in the room. You're in HR and you're listening to this right now. Do your hiring in bulk, hire three people across the board. So when you hire from when when an HR rep hires someone, They're trying to think of someone that will fit in with this group, but at the same time, they do, they have their own job and they don't want to make a mistake. 
right? So we have to use empathy to think about what's going on, on their side. On their side, they don't want to make a mistake. So what do you do? You make a safe bet, right? You make a safe bet and you hire someone that is kind of like Steve over there in the cubicle or like David in, in the other cubicle. You hire those people. Now, if you have to hire three people, what do you do? Do you bet it all on red? No, you hedge your bet. So you would get a more diverse group of people if you hired in bulk. Sorry, I got into like a marketing thing there. But always, always. You're going to hit somebody's shoot. niche. <laughs> <laughs> always marketing shoot niche. your shot. Like always do it. There are a mil, like get, I'll, I'll tell you what, like when I got hired at Roll20 to be their content producer, I literally lost my job answering phones for a plumbing company that year in April. I decided I wasn't going to go get a new job right away. I am going to study film and editing and like all that stuff. So I spent the next four months, five months on YouTube, like a hardcore YouTube regiment. Like first thing in the morning, it's playing. And I just like lived in that zone. And then I got hired as a content producer because I just shot my shot. And I tell you what, like now, you know, fast forward 2020, almost two years later, I'm like in L.A., and I'm on these projects with other people with very similar skills. And it just goes to show you that there is no one, no one. This is not Knights of the Round Table. You're never going to take a knee and no one's going to freaking knight you because now you are considered a director. Now you are considered a podcaster. Like now you are like no one is ever going to do that. There will be no point in your life where you feel like I'm finally this thing because this person said it like I was literally in the New York times for playing dungeons and dragons. And I feel like I don't know dungeons and dragons on a daily basis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't feel like I'm anything. You'll never feel like you're anything because there's no external person or anyone. Not only are they never going to show up, but even if they did show up, you would never believe it. Truly. And those of you listening who think that it's just, this is just the industry that Carlos is in. This is just gaming. Oh, this is oh. just Roll20. This is just, no. That is absolutely everybody. Across I work in higher education and higher education will not expand unless they need to. And then they do want to make a safe bet because it's a lot of money to train. It's a lot of money to pay out insurance. It's a lot of money to do all of that. And then to have somebody who does not who's not successful on your team. It's yeah. also a relationship that you're building, right? With other people. So then if somebody leaves, it's like a breakup for a whole department, right? Everybody feels that. And like, Oh, we failed to keep them here or, Oh, you know, yep. we weren't good enough for them or the other side where they sucked and you all hate them. And then you're just in a frustrating relationship. So one, 100%, just hold on to that feeling. Like, I know what it's like, right? Like I never shot my shot because I always thought, well, I mean, I'm doing design on the side, but like, I'm not a real designer. I didn't go to college for it. You know, like I'm editing these things on the side, but I'm not a real editor. I'm not like this. And there is no feeling. And I think people just go to college and they learn these things. And then you just, they open the doors or they feel 
confident in themselves and, and they buy confidence, right? Like they pay a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars for confidence and they have it and they or or they don't, but I, I feel like yeah, there is nothing that like I've always lived that way of like there's nothing that separates me from you, but I never applied it to the business world. I always applied it to my own personal art projects. And I feel like it's really important, especially if you're a person just like I just want to try a thing. Well, then freaking try a thing because people will see your potential. Like good people that are putting together good teams will see your potential regardless of your experience. And here's the other thing. If you need experience, you can make your own freaking experience. If you go to my website right now, I'm not pushing my website. I just use it as like, we will ask you to push your website later. Actually, (laughs) actually no one go to my, don't go to my website, but if you go there, all you will see are like, I would say like almost everything that's like significant on that page are opportunities that I made myself with my own art. Like that's the only stuff that really matters. If you want to build websites and you're like, Oh, I really like build websites. Why doesn't everyone let me build a website? It's like, dude, hire yourself to build your own website. You know, if you like want to edit, Oh, how come no one's trusting me to like, you know, edit their stuff. It's just like, well, edit your own stuff. It's like, don't wait. Like I, I, it really kills me that like people are like that people think that they're not, people don't want to try or people keep, thinking that they need one piece to like complete them it's like there's nothing that separates you from anyone else like a hundred and ten percent stop waiting for that if you're drawing on tumblr or twitter or wherever you are right now open up your commissions put that out there apply for some places like if you need experience apply for places that here's the other thing too people don't look into like businesses that aren't well known do some research on some smaller businesses, right? Like you want to work at, at like a gaming company. Don't go for like the top tier gaming company. Go for some below, you know, work your way up. But yeah, I, like you want to, if you want to play on a um, Dungeons and Dragons team, start your own podcast, start your own <laughs> live streaming show, right? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Is that why that started? That I, that I hit a nerve? Is that what you want? <laughs> I don't know why you're attacking us. This, this <laughs> strong but mighty. This small is that what you mighty. guys want? No, for real, for real though. Is that what you want? You want to play more games or stream more? Or what, what, yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's oh, let's turn the tables the, on you guys. Let's, um, <laughs> let's. Adrian, I wanna, you have to go first. I know, what do you guys want to do? What What are some of your aspirations? Let's work on that. Aspirations. This was just. Yeah. Okay, just to start out, everything you're saying, it's it's like you are talking to me, okay? I didn't even <laughs> consider talking to you until one of the people that I did reach out said, dude, just shoot your shot. And then now you're telling me, yeah, dude, just shoot your shot. Like, it's just fucking bizarre. Like, I, everyone just keeps saying, go higher, go higher. And I'm like, I didn't oh, yeah. even want to go higher. I mean, I part of me did, but I was like, this is fine. Just this base level, I'll be fine. But everyone's just saying, go higher, go higher. I'm just like... This is mind-boggling. And yeah, I do want to play more games. And I want to, but I also like, I also want to make sure that everyone's happy with what I make. So like right now I'm creating Mystery Murder Party with some sort of D&D-esque thing for some people that I play with. Like I'm, I'm creating more games. I'm making sure these systems work. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's ready. And everyone's just like, dude, just try it. It's part of the thing. It's part of learning is by trying. And it just... I don't know. In the end, what I want is that I want to be able to talk to people and talk to my friends about this game and this life we live in. Because before COVID, 
I wasn't talking to many people. I was just working nose to the grindstone and I was kind of like lost sight of all my friends around me. So after six months of isolation, I'm just like, Alex, let's start a podcast. Let's talk about Dungeon Dives. It's something. And also, I also want that degree too. So like, I just want to do it all. So let's start this podcast. (laughs) What do you want in terms, like if you could, and this might, you might not want to even answer this on, on, on your podcast, but you know, I ask people to say the thing that they want, even if it's embarrassing, like, even if it's embarrassing, like, do you want to be the guy that has like, Oh, my new episode just dropped. I have, you know, 9,000 downloads in the first 30 days. Or do you want to be like, Hey, welcome to my YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Or do you want to be the guy that like, Oh, the new Dungeons and Dragons module just came out. I had a hand in writing that. God, that one would be amazing. <laughs> is uh, that is that what you want? I want I want to be able to DM for the people that DM. I want to be something that they remember. I want to be greater than the, the greats. Best. And can also, you, you, I want to talk to the people below me. I want to be able to DM for the people that don't get that opportunity. I want to be able to, you know, show joy to as many people as I can. So in your head, who are your peers in this, in this future that you have? Like, who am who I playing names? with? Like big who names? Who are some of your peers? Who are you like, oh, yeah, I called up so-and-so last night. We're working on this or like blah, blah. Like, who are, who are some of the same people that are doing the thing that you want to be known for doing? I just kind of fell back in love with the D&D because of Brendan Lee Mulligan. He's funny. He's hilarious. He's got that improv side to it, and I haven't yet figured out yet because I, I, I barely do voices, but I still somehow my my people who I play with love it. That's one. And then everybody else, I want okay, that that's not, hold up. Sorry. Just went somewhere <laughs> a little dark. Sorry. No, it's okay. You say uh, it. Oh, I wanted to play for this. Uh, I can't talk. Can I hold up? Let me. Alex, take over. Hold up. Adrian. Alex, you tell me. I adore. So ultimately, if we're going to, if we're going to, not if, putting it in this podcast perspective, I honestly came to the table saying, oh, that'll be fun for quarantine. And like, that was as far as it went. And it was nice to get to talk to Adrian. I adore Adrian. You know, he is somebody that I value his friendship in my, in my life, regardless if we're doing a podcast or not. But from the more, the more conversations we have, the more I just want to talk to people. I want to connect them. I want to have that, you know, experience. And especially the conversations that we've had. If I, as a like 10, 11, 12 year old heard half the things that we talk about, I think she would have been a much more stable person and like would have been more confident in trying the things that she thought she could do. I am here to grow it. And I also understand that I am more confident in Adrian's ability than he is in himself. So when he says that he wants to build, you know, campaigns and he wants to build modules, I also know that we can do that through this platform. And so a couple of times (laughs) I overwhelm him with like the next steps of what we should be setting up to grow this podcast. And it's really because I do love him and I love him as work. And like, he is writing that murder, uh, murder mystery module. Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot. Um, but that is something that we could 
put on the internet to have either people pay for it so then there's an actual monetary reward of the hard work that he's doing or offer it for free that would still allow other games to grow and to have fun and to make those connections and then I, Alex, would feel like I still have a special part in that in a global sense, you know, of being able to bring joy to other people's lives just by like the means of a producer, just like I'm just going to connect people with the things that I think they're looking for and help support them of like, yes, you can do this thing. And I have this person that, you know, you should definitely talk to because it sounds like you want to do this thing. This person can probably help you or we just can become, I guess, closer as a, as a human species. Yeah. What? All right. Sorry. I had to, I was breaking down. (laughs) I want to be as good as my friend who died from cancer. So I want to <laughs> no. be, that's why I started choking up. So I want to remember him kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty heavy. Oh yeah. I know. Um, that's why I had to mute myself. Cause I was choking up. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Like that. These are, see, these are all great things. And I think you guys are totally on the right path, especially like how fast both of you were able to answer that question. Like, there are so many people not prepared to answer that question. You know, I always say, if you can't say it, you don't deserve it. Like, you got to be the first one. And that could be, like, a total Tony Robinson type thing. (laughs) But, like, I honestly believe in all that shit. And I believe it really does matter. Like, when you are enthusiastic, it draws things to you. And you are more able to surround yourself in that sphere. And, and, And that's not magic. That's just, like, if you look at a where's Waldo book every single day, you're going to be able to find him quicker. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the mess every single day, you're going to be able to start putting it away. If you look at a maze every single day, you're going to find your way out or in. So like, I don't say it in a way that it's, it's a magical thing that's going to happen or whatever, but like the first thing, like no one is going like people. Okay. So the people above you, the people that, not so much hold the keys because no one really holds keys, although they can like stamps of approval definitely help. There is no, there is again, there's no blessing. There's no anything. All that you have is a bunch of people trying to maintain the people on the top are all they're doing is the same thing you're doing. Just trying to maintain in their group still, right? Like that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to stay in the air. They're trying to keep their show. They're trying to pay their bills, you know, they might have more than you, but yeah, that's exactly yeah. what happens. When I was starting out in music, I started out with my friend, Sean, and there was just two of us. And we were doing demos in, I mean, I had a really weird life. Like I was li- literally living in a funeral home, like moving dead bodies in the middle of the night. And like, like you know, during the day or in the early, early mornings, I was writing music. And I remember we couldn't, keep a band together to save our lives like we were taking it so seriously and we were just trying to play shows and you know go in the studio and tour and stuff like that and we we went to go see one of our friends playing a show and his band was doing really well like they just released an album they just finished a national tour uh they're playing this local show and we went there and it sold out and it was great we were outside and we were all talking and i was like Hey dude, what's what's next? What are you guys doing next? He's like, oh, we got a couple more shows, and I think we're done. And I'm like, you're done. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on this new project. It's called blah blah. And so and so is working on a new project. It's gonna be great. And blah 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 blah. 
And I'm like, well, what about the album? He's like, uh, the thing that people don't realize is like when people come out with albums or come out with their project, they've been working on it for years, you know? So it's old for them. And that guy walked away and I looked at Sean and I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is seemingly giving away everything that we are working for right now. And Sean's just like, I bet you he just doesn't see it. He just didn't see where what it was like to start. He just doesn't remember what it was like to start. And it was at that time when I decided, like, yeah, I need to constantly keep reminding myself how it started and what it feels like to start and how impossible it feels like to start. So I definitely hear you when you're saying, like, oh, I want to do this. And, you know, you get overwhelmed and you start thinking about it when, when you, even when you start thinking about what the future might be. Because it, it feels insurmountable. It feels like, how does it build? I have a bunch of techniques on how to run a, a successful project, art project. Mm -hmm. but, but, more than, but more than that, like, just starting off by saying, like, yes, I want this. And then, you know, I always say, whatever your goal is, write it down, put it in front of you. And then everything you do should be in service of that goal. So, you know. There's times I want to be shitty on the internet. <laughs> you know? Like there's times there's times I read stuff on the internet and I'm like, damn, I'm gonna light this guy up. Um, but but I don't do it because I remember like that's not in service of what I'm doing here. You know? There are all different types of people and there's all different types of ways to get there, you know. And sometimes I wanna get there a certain way, and you you're gonna wanna get there a certain way. Never think about how anyone will bless you, you know, in music. People, you know, always think, man, if I could just open for Smashing Pumpkins when they come to town, I could, if I could just open for, you know, what this band, when they, this big band, this headliner, if they just let me do it, blah, blah. And it's just like, that's not how it works. So, like, don't approach it like that. Don't approach like, oh, if I could just, you know, hook up with these people who are, like, way on the high tier or whatever. Don't worry about that shit. Because, first of all, you're not a heavy hitter. So why would I put you, why would I let you open for my band? You know what I mean? Like, my band doesn't exist to promote your band. Like, if I'm Smashing Pumpkins, I don't exist to promote your band, you know? Like, I need you to bring people to my show. So you can't even shoot for that higher echelon unless you dominate your own place. So to start any project, you need to know who else is starting projects. Early adopters are the best way to get going with any project that you're doing. And those are the people around you. You look at a local show, who shows up to a local show? The people who play in local bands, you know? Yeah. Like, who supports, like, uh, like small artists? Small artists support small artists. And you want to find someone who, like, is, when you get into, like, a middle tier or a higher tier, you start looking below you and around you for people that are blowing up their spot. So you're always looking for people that are blowing up your spot. So instead of looking for people higher, look for people around you and like make them understand and fall in love with you and cultivate those relationships instead of trying to find an acquaintance, you know, of someone that's like higher up. Because like all that stuff is like therein lies madness. Social climbers, madness. It works. <laughs> it works for some people. It, it definitely does. So I won't knock it. But I feel like you got to be a million things to a million people to go that way. And, and then you're not doing the thing you love, which you should always be doing the thing you love. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm already, I'm, I'm doing it right now. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm hanging out with, 
Alex and talking to new people like you, Carlos, and it's just, you know, I'm all, I mean, every time I go back and edit this, I'm like, I'll always be smiling and I just love that. I'm like, I guess if I'm still after like listening it for the second time, it's worth listening to at least one time. So I just, I, I'm just super excited every time I edit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I loved editing, man. Like I love, I started off with a, with a podcast and I loved it. Like, it's so funny when I play even, and I would listen to myself even today. Like if I, if I'll watch myself play a game, I'll like, I, I hardly ever remember anything. So when I rewatch it, I hear myself, I'll, I'll like, I'll like come up with a joke and then I'll hear myself say the joke. And I'm like, oh, you're real funny. Uh, <laughs> like, like I said it in the past and I would still say it in the future. And that always feels the best. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> that was a lot, and I thoroughly enjoy it when it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I get real heavy sometimes. It's really important for me to like. I don't know why it's important for me, but like I'm looking at you and where you guys are starting, and I know exactly what this feels like. Like I know exactly what it feels like to sit down and say, "Oh, we need a Twitter account. We need a logo. We need an Instagram. How often are you going to post on Instagram? I'll handle it." Hey it's been two months and you haven't posted on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, I know like exactly what all these things feel like. And it's just like, well, why, how do we get more downloads? Well, we need to talk to people. Well, how do we talk to people if they don't know who we are? You know, like where are all these problems coming from and like, how do you move forward and get bigger? And it's hard. A lot of failure brings out insecurities in what you feel like on a daily basis, you know, and you put into a project, it gets amplified, you know? That's why I don't put things into projects anymore. I highly recommend putting things into yourself. Like, um, if, if you're going to start a podcast, promote the podcast under your own name. I know it's, there's like, I, I know people think that like, oh, I, I need to have this for the podcast and that for the podcast. It's like, have your, have you be the landing page for the podcast? Because when the podcast goes away, you don't go away. You still exist. That's, that's how I do everything now. Well, I mean, even if you're going to start about starting, if you're going to talk about starting things, right? Starting small and like looking at your community, looking at the people who are around you, they're going to support you, right? Your mom, your dad, your family, your friends, grandma, they're going to be that first level of interest. And then slowly it'll grow because that, that's what I felt through. I felt already with this that, it was like, oh, we need to do all this D&D degree or D&D degree stuff, like post it all there. And it wasn't until I posted on my like Facebook page that we jumped crazy high. And I don't know if it was because of just my friends clicking and stuff, but like that for one moment was like, oh, shit, this could be a thing. You're actually and absolutely. just with, with our friends. Yeah. The only reason my mom listens to the podcast is because you tagged me on it. So she saw it. on. So I'm like, oh, you listen to the podcast? And I'm like, I guess I can start telling my family that I'm doing this podcast. And my mom doesn't have any clue what the D&D part. She's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're saying. But for the rest of it, I understand. I'm like, all right, cool. At least I'm, she loves me or something. <laughs> so you started seeing movement as soon as you posted it. Like when you say movement, where did you, where did you see the movement? In just listens and then I had a friend reach out to me Carlene shout out again and I just checked 
the progress on our actual domain page. And so a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, you actually need a domain. Let me put you on my server. We have an owl, like not a Wix page, which we now get to transfer over, but just someone immediately who was like, I'm going to build your website for you. Just pay me $20 a year. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Right? And yeah. just like that first immediate person who's like, oh, hey, you're doing a thing. Let me help you with the thing because I guess now that I have to identify that I'm in their life and I'm maybe a significant part in their life. And then that bigger picture of, oh, I probably matter in this universe. And then like absorbing that down to my self-esteem itself. But yeah, you know, stuff like that, which is, it's interesting yeah. to see. And especially since we're talking about it, right. We're talking about, it's like the metacognition of it all of like, I'm now identifying these are big steps to a larger goal. If I take those steps, if I don't take those steps or if we stop, we, it's done. That's it. Yeah. Those. And it's hard too, right? Cause you don't know where the steps are. It's like, you know, a trail that goes uphill and like some are wider than others. So it's like, when's that next step? How long am I walking? Am I actually moving up the mountain or going down the mountain? Because, you know, the trail winds. So it's really hard to see those things. I believe that there are four things that make every art project successful. And I think you got to do them all in order. The first thing is work, which seems very obvious. Like, yeah, you got to do work. But I define work as the thing you want to do. When you're making, a, and by successful, here's the thing. And I know people are going to argue on what success is. You need to write down what success is from the jump. Don't shit yourself. Because you could be like, oh, I want to interview people and help the community. But also in the back of your head, you might be thinking, I want to get paid for this too. And you need to say that. And you need to say that in the back of your head or write it down somewhere. If you want to get paid enough to like survive off this, write it down. Because there will be animosity for your project later when you don't get the things you want because you actually haven't said it later. Uh, you haven't said it in real time. So number one, set those goals like before you even start any of this work. So know why you're doing it, know that you enjoy it and know what you want to get out of it, whether it's notoriety, you want it to open doors so you can do other things, you want to get paid to do it. Don't shit yourself, just say it. Say it between each other. Be like, yo, I want to get paid to do this. Cool. That shouldn't offend anyone. So the first thing is work. And I define work as the thing that you want to do. It is, you know, you want to play guitar in a band. Well, you got to work. You have to practice, right? You have to rehearse. So work is the thing you want to do. We all know this. It's the first step. You want, you guys want to get more popular on with your podcast cool. You got to make a podcast, right? That's your work. And you only get to say it one time. You only get to say work one time because that's the thing you want to do. And I hear people have problems with this because people want to get credit for it all the time. Oh, got to run the podcast today. Oh, the podcast. Like, oh, it's just like, well, that's the thing you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even tell you what the next three steps are because you're, you're, you, it sounds like you don't want to do that thing. So step two is consistent work, right? You started the podcast and you started putting out episodes and then something happened, right? 
you guys knew something that something happened. Oh, really put you in your ass. Took off two weeks, and you're just like, oh, but we're back at it again. Uh, but you know, it'd be really. I could really use a break right now, and you, you're not doing it consistently, right? You're doing it when you can. Two weeks kind of like turns into three weeks, turns into a month, turns into oh well, you know, Christmas is coming, so you know we definitely can't record then. And you're not doing it consistently because if you wanted to play shows, you have to practice consistently. You can't just pick up a guitar once and be like, oh, I'm a rock star because I play guitar. It's like no. It's more than that. It's a mastery. So you have to start mastering your work. So that's the second thing, right? You do work. You do work consistently. Cool. I believe that art, for the next step, I believe all art projects and all projects are 360 degrees. It's not enough that the art is, you know, if you have a painting, right? Picasso's the guitarist, right? The painting itself what gives it worth? It's like, oh, well, it's the guitarist. It's beautiful. It's like, but that's nothing. It's like, no, I, I you know, obviously it's something. It's worth a million dollars. You know, it's like, but I could print it out on my printer. How come that's not worth the same thing if it's so beautiful? It's because the painting itself, what makes it important is one, it's beautiful, but there's a lot of beautiful paintings. But two, it's where the painting is hanging. It's how it's hanging. It's how it's presented. It's how it's talked about. It's the people in the circles that talk about it. It's the books that the painting is in. And all these things make that painting important. So when I say art is 360 degrees, I don't want you to focus on just your work. Because the next step is hard work. And that sounds weird. Because I just told you that you have to work. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I know, I know, I know. And then I tell you, oh, but you, you haven't even gotten to the hard work yet. Because the hard work... I define as the thing you do not want to do. <laughs> Hard work is the thing that you dread. It's the Twitter account. It's the Instagram. It's, hey, what's up, YouTube? It's me. You know, it's whatever. It's replying to emails. It's learning how to build a website on Wix when all <laughs> you want to do is watch the new Haunting on Hill House and like chill out for Netflix. You know what I mean? Or maybe you're just really into writing your game, writing your mystery game. Well, that's your work, right? And you're like, oh, well, I, I really want to be, I really want to be a game designer. Cool. Well, why do I have to do all this other stuff? Because it's not just the painting. You, you have to build the museum because no one's going to put your shit in the museum yet, right? Like, no one's going to put this podcast in a museum. You have to build that museum. You have to not only build that museum, which is your website, which is your domain, which is uploading, you know, getting server space and coming up with artwork. But then you also have to put people in that museum to see your work, which means... You have to find people. You have to be social. You have to leave your house. You have to go online. And that's hard work. And I don't think people separate their work enough into those two buckets. Because honestly, I believe one, they can be definitely unbalanced for sure. But I, I feel like a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on that first bucket and not enough on the second bucket. So 360 degrees. Look at what's in front of you. That's your work. Look at what's in back of you. That's your hard work. Step four, we learned it in step two, consistent hard work. Like <laughs> how many times have you made shit? Have you done hard shit that you're just like, 
okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to fucking take my Adderall today. And then I'm going to actually focus and learn how to, you know, the YouTube algorithm. And then you learn it. And then you just don't do it. You start uploading stuff on YouTube and you forget to tag some stuff and, you know, keywords. And you're like, oh, I really should comment on some people and, you know, whatever. And you just stop doing it. You know, the best laid plans. It doesn't matter. So when you look at all those things, if you have all pistons running and you really have to do them in that order. Like, I don't want to see people starting their hard work before they even attempt it, their regular work, consistently. Like, if you're like, I'm going to start, like, for most people, I guess. Like, I'm going to start a podcast. Cool. I recorded our first podcast. You know, I haven't done it consistently yet. I'm going to go start the Twitter account, an Instagram account. I'm going to get a logo. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Like, prove to yourself that you love something and that you're capable of doing it consistently before you start building your museum. And people don't want to face the fact that like, it's really hard to face the fact, I, I shouldn't say people don't want to, it's really hard to face the fact that like, you're a painter, but you also have to be a carpenter, an electrician, you know, you have to be a, a media person, you have to be your own ticket salesman. And these are all different disciplines to making your art project like better. I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, no, no. It's great. We're going to, we're going to capitalize on this book marketing that you just have, you've just given us. Just... I know. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you want to buy my info tapes, I don't know if you guys. <laughs> oh my God. We will sell your info tapes. I'll build, we'll have a separate part. If you want that, we'll, we will. Oh yeah. I need a book tour. <laughs> but I, I mean, I've, I've done so many of these projects and like, I always, you know, I learned a lot of music. I learned a lot in Chicago doing improv. And then when I got to gaming, I realized like, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have success in all three. So when I got to, um, when I was doing gaming, I just applied what I learned in the first two. And all of these places are exactly the same. Like they all work exactly the same. I'm sure tomorrow if someone got me, if someone's just like, hey, I got you all this like woodworking stuff, I would be dominating in the woodworking market the same way. <laughs> just because it all works the same like it really does and i'm saying this way works for me i shouldn't say it all works the same because there are definitely extraordinary people that are doing extraordinary things and they are definitely getting opportunities that you and i would not get you know networking is a huge part of stuff like i feel like you don't have to do anything as long as you know people because again going back to the hr thing people don't want someone that's going to change their game they just want someone they can trust someone that can show up someone that can tuck their shirt in and if you're looking for these opportunities you need to make yourself available to these people to get to know you and then when they have something they'll just throw it at you like they don't even care there's like i got this thing and it might feel like the biggest thing to you in the world but like they're pretty much just like I got my daughter's recital next week. You know what I mean? They're just like, I don't like, I got my own life. I know this is a big deal for you, but really I just need to trust that you're not going to make me look bad. And that's all people really want. Like they just want to be able to find someone they can trust. And you can't do that. If you're in your home, you got to get out. Good things happen when you leave your house. Not in 2020 though. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. Do it socially. Do it, do it Watch on social hands. media. Yeah. Put your mask on, but yes, social media. Yep. Do it on. So yeah, that's what I meant. Social media. Yeah. See, we need 
we know some of the steps, which is nice. And it is reassuring to hear, to hear those things out loud. And especially even tying it back to the beginning, if this happens to be the same episode and Adrian manages to not break it into two, which I wouldn't just leave it all, all this raw footage uncut. It doesn't matter what the outside world is trying to tell you, right? If you are getting pulled over, if you do feel like you have it harder, you do. But that shouldn't be the place that you stop. We are hopefully going to be growing out of this 2020 growing pain. Maybe the people who don't want that to happen are going to find a way to not make their voice heard. I don't know what's going to happen. But the people that got in power that same way, they saw the opportunity, they held on to it, and they refused to let it go. And now it feels like some, I don't, God-earned power, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you're a lucky one. Right. But it it wasn't. It was the hard work, and you're just far enough removed from the hard work that it feels like it was something else, divine intervention. It is genetically superior whatever you think it is it's wrong but that shouldn't ever be the place that you stop you will always be able to find help you will always be able to find support I you know in any period of my life if I had just stopped and asked for help I probably would have gotten it and I probably would have gotten it from an just an unexpected place by one action it could have been the changing point of, of any sort of like bleak situation that I'm in. And I know that I've, I've now turned it back to me because I am the main character of my story, but (laughs) I think that's a really important, that's a really important lesson though. Like that's a lesson that like, I really do struggle with because I know like you can go further for just like asking for help or even just showing that you're not perfect like showing that you have problems or showing that everything isn't easy. Cause like animosity builds among people or sometimes people think like they're not worth your time when it's not necessarily true. And it's just like being able to ask for help is very humbling. And I think people see that and how you react to it and how you, how grateful you are for that help says a lot about, you know, who you are as well. I think you're right. I mean, it took it took me a long while to to ask for that help as well. And you know, I guess going off of Alex, like if I had learned the lessons I do now, things would have been so much different, and I would have been more successful in what I did back then. But instead, I just like, well, I'm going to be stepping on other people's feet. Like literally, this a month ago when I signed up for this job, and it's like, hey, I need clothes. Instead, I'm like, okay, I'll be here in the same T-shirt for three weeks so (laughs) i think that it's still a process for me but yeah i think if i had said something maybe it would have turned out different and i could have changed my shirt every now and then yeah you're building this this um you're not building this thing i should say you're building yourself you're enjoying this thing and, and you are making it and you are it, it does go on blocks or whatever, but being aware and be, being conscious enough that like all projects have a half life, half life, right? There are very few that last years and years and years. You know what I mean? Like we could probably name all of them like 
Coca-Cola. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like these are companies that last generations Disney. And, you know, chances are you have to know when it's over and you have to be okay with that. And a lot of people will sabotage things to be over. A lot of people will think like, oh, well, we need a grand finale. At any given time for anything you create, you can stop. And you can choose to stop at any time you can decide to stop. Right. And at any time, like you will have to stop a lot of projects that I did. I struggled so much to be doing the work, the consistent work, the hard work, the consistent hard work. And it felt like, you know, I had a friend, my friend Patrick said he compared it to you're in a van with a bunch of people and it took you forever to get up to speed. And you finally are. And other people in the van are trying to jump out and the tires are loose and you spend most of your time trying to keep the tires on and trying to keep people happy inside the van. And at a certain point you have to decide whether this is a ride you want to be on because you can stop at any point. You don't have to slow down. You don't have to ease off. You don't have to make it enjoyable for everyone else. Your happiness is so important. Like, I always say that the shortest distance between you and happiness is the truth. So you have to be truthful in that moment on whether or not this ride is making you happy. And if you think in that moment, it does not, I want it to be over. You do not have to come up with a plan to make it over, over the next three months, because so-and-so will be mad at you and so-and-so will be upset and you can't handle that or anything like all those defense mechanisms, all those things that complicate your life for other people do not exist because at any moment you can just say, I am unhappy. The way the rest of the world tells you they are unhappy or the way you interpret the rest of the world being unhappy, the man who didn't bring clothes, you know what I mean? Because he thought that the rest of the world would be upset with him. The rest of the world won't. The same way that if you told them, hey, I'm going to stop the van, they won't be upset. And if they are, that's fine because they just saved you three months of time and it sucks and it really does suck. But that short distance was the truth. By saying your own truth on these projects, by saying them and being aware on what you want to get out of them, you can also say how fast you want to get out of them. And don't delay. When you want something, say it. Like, try to be as truthful as possible with the people around. And yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, people will be upset. But those aren't the people you need in your life. They would always be upset. There are so many things that, like, so many people that I, uh, that I went bent over backwards to make happy, to keep around in my life, that didn't make me happy. But I thought I needed them because I didn't want to disappoint them. That's really weird, right? Just tell them. And it doesn't have to be a long thing like, oh, well, you know, it's their sister's birthday and she gets really emotional around this time. So I know he's under a lot of stress. No, no one cares. Like, I don't care. Like, this is your life. This is your happiness. Just like take it, take it today and then be done with it. Because the shortest distance between you and happiness and that distance is time, my friend. Like that distance is whether or not, you know, you have a podcast now or if you want it to end like this time next year. You wasted an entire year. So just listen to that truth that you have and just say it and just like 
dude, if you need a shirt, I mean, like, fuck, dude, if you needed a shirt, <laughs> like, just say you need a shirt. You know what I mean? Like, just say, like, and I, I understand, like, oh, well, there's things on the line and blah, blah, blah. Like, nothing is really on the line. Like, I, I understand, like, you're like, I, I need to feed myself and house myself or whatever. But when you think about your projects that way, therein lies madness. And it's going to be very easy for you to start thinking of your projects that way. And I'm here to tell you, don't do that. Do you want to stop the van, Alex? No, I want to keep on the van with you. We're on this van together. Yeah, no, I'm having and a hoot and a holler. We're Ubering all of our favorite people in the world, <laughs> evidently, who are just being handed to us by whatever force the universe it's you. You are the force of the universe. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, you are the force in the universe. Whoa. Like, there is no there is no one else. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah, I'm going to keep shooting my shot and keep talking to people, but also take into consider what you said of just people around me, my peers. So I'm working on that, too. I've seen some other podcasts just starting out, and I, part of me is like, do I see them as, you know, people I can talk to, or is it you know, oh, we're all gunning for one spot. And I think it's not that at all. I mean, everyone's going to have their own corner if they if they have created it correctly. But I think that, yeah, I should be looking out at uh, people around me and not just, you know, uh, above me. Yeah, and there is, some people do think of it that way. Some people do think of it as like, this is my space. I need to be the guy that's always doing this. I need to have opportunities. If someone else has an opportunity, it means I don't have one. That's one less I have. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. And it does work for some people, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not the people I want to be around. So I, I don't handle myself that way. I actually find that like the other way works way better. Like if I just make connections, authentic connections with people, and like it's natural to keep up with them like those are the people i want to make connections with and that's all you really have to do this is a, a small minor tip for you try not to hide behind your art like try not to hide like use your art as an excuse to make friends you know i did that for years you know like hey buddy let's you know want to play a show together blah 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 it's like you don't need to do that that guy just wants to be your friend like you know what i mean like you, you don't have to talk about your podcast at all you just like great game dude that was awesome like it's really easy when you make your the thing you love a part of your personality to like use it as an excuse to be friends with people you don't have to do that and that's a little minor bit of advice as you get more popular you will start using it as a crutch instead of like making authentic relationships and a lot of success comes from just making authentic relationships so, yes, Carlos, I will be your friend. <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> I, I, I hear what you're getting the hint. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, I can't. Oh, my we God. can come back. It only <laughs> took an hour and 40, but we got to the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, all I've been doing is just reading from uh, what is this book called? Uh, the Secret. Have you guys ever read The Secret? Because that's all I've been reading to you the entire time. Oh, man. Uh, no, we haven't, which is why it all sounds new. Yeah. <laughs> and now I don't have to buy yeah, the book. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was on Oprah's book club. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But in case you didn't know, like, I'm super passionate about, like, lifting people up, about helping people find their power. And, like, really, and like, it sounds, and I know what it sounds like because I am definitely, you guys know, like, I'm a jokey guy. I'm a funny guy. Like, I make fun of people. You can probably guess that, like, in my youth, I used to 
fucking roast people and shit. But but like when it all comes down to it, like I don't think it's hippy dippy. I think it's just being honest with yourself and like all those cliches that exist, they exist for a reason. Yeah. Right. And like, yes, it's easy to say, like, oh, that's such a cliche, finding your power. Oh. It's like, well then think of a different sentence that like fits well with you and then say it, you know? Because I think when you I'm a very critical person. I love critical analysis. I love thinking of my, thinking of like different patterns and things like that. But like, you know, and I'll definitely turn it in on myself, but like it does not prevent me from creating. And I think that type of thinking prevents a lot of people from creating. So if you're one of those people listening to this right now, you don't have to be. Because I'm dead. I am. There's so much useful information. I don't. Is this. And that's really, I mean, <laughs> in my job. So when I get to wear my like teacher advisor facade, that is an easy thing for me to say. I have said, if not the exact words, a very close cousin to those words. Mm. Right. Don't let anybody tell you no. Don't let anybody or shoot your own shot. Like I've, I've said those words. But it hits different when it's in a space that maybe I do feel uncomfortable because it's not something I'm, I'm familiar with. It's just new. It's, it's a new experience overall. And then hearing somebody who is passionate, and it is exciting, like that is, like I need, I'm going to listen to this podcast like once a week just so I like hype myself up for all the things that I now know, if I haven't already known, that I can accomplish like and that that and having that kind of personality and having that person like that spirit in you I think has really helped you grow and become just successful in any adventure that you take on because you do I I don't even care if you told me like hey you want to buy my like cutco scissors or cutco knives I'd be like yeah hell like yes <laughs> I feel that if you have that sort of ability to connect with people on that it doesn't matter what you want to do you're going to have people who are going to support you and so maybe it is a, a reminder to just be myself and adrian to to listen to what he actually wants to do yeah. but i i don't know if we could ever tell you or if i could ever tell you thank you for sharing you on this podcast so it's a time capsule for forever. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's a nice thing. I'm working on accepting compliments in my life. <laughs> it's tough. It really is. What I've learned compliment-wise, and I hope this helps you somehow, some way, <laughs> you know, it gives them a disservice. Like, you, they got the guts to say something to you very, you know, personal and loving, and you saying no to them, does that, it kind of, puts down what they just said and it almost invalidates like oh you know it's whatever but like they took the effort accept that effort because sometimes you they, other people won't have it for you and be you know grateful that this person did and usually means those words 100 percent and genuine and show that you respect them as an individual and say i thank you and i appreciate the compliment and then I, you know, I say this and it's hard for me to like practice it. I'm like, thank you. Oh, but, and I, you know, I have to force myself. I'm still training myself. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Accepting compliments is really hard. 
especially when like it's weird because I, I think compliments come in like two forms. Like I think I tweeted about this the other day. It could be praise or it could be just like positive reinforcement, you know, mm-hmm. like praise be like, I love what you do or like a positive reinforcement would be like that thing that you did had this type of outcome for it. And I think they both feel different for me. And when someone says the second one where they say like, oh, this thing you did had a positive outcome for this other thing, that one's easier to take because like there's an actual reference and like, you know, we could talk about that. But the other one says, I like you. Uh, I have feelings for you. Not in a weird way, but just like you made me feel something. And that can be hard sometimes, right? You almost wanted to discredit that person. Like, no, 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 you don't have feelings. Let me tell you what you really felt. I'm a loser and I tricked you. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it, it's weird. It, it's, it's a very knee jerk reaction to have. But yeah. I mean, also, like, okay. depends who you are as well. I mean, because yeah. of like how I saw myself as a younger age, that, you know, I'm not worth this. So every time someone says, yes, you're worth it all that time I spent saying I wasn't is now invalidated. That doesn't make sense. This person who's known me for less time than that says otherwise, how can I even like compute that together? And you know, that's kind of the reaction, this thing you've kind of already ingrained, like these negative reactions to compliments is just because of how you grew up with those kind of positive reinforcements or like you made me feel and how does that make you feel? It's just kind of like a, a, a quite an attack question. She's like, ah, I don't know. This makes me feel uncomfortable. So let's just kind of push this away. Yeah, it, it there definitely is like a strange, a, a strange thing that comes with it. And also just like, you know, how you were raised of just, you know, what was important to your family or what did, you know, your parents think was really important for you to know and stuff like that. And how do other people behave? I don't know. It's weird. Everyone has different languages that they use. You know, some people use gifts and then some people use praise. Some people use like, like donating time and effort Mm -hmm. um, as a way to thank. So everyone has like a different language. So I don't know. Do you know your love language? I probably did. I probably did one of those (laughs) BuzzFeed tests at a certain point. (laughs) I I probably did one of those things. I like, I like work. I really love work. Like, and I know... And it's hard for people to understand what that is or or why that is because like i like the hard work too i like the hard work and the regular work so it i love working with someone on a project when they are as dedicated as i am when they're doing things that surprise me i really love that or when they're just like hey dude you don't have to do that today like oh it feels so good Mm-hmm. Like oh, so, so like, acts so of good. kindness and yeah. quality time. I'm, yeah, well, I have no idea what they are. I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think quality time, in terms of like, I think in my life I've only hung out with someone like less than ten times. Like where you're just like go over to someone's house and hang out. Like I think, like I always we're always doing something. I'm always doing something if I'm going to hang out with someone. So I don't think it's so much like, I guess quality time, how I would define quality as like creating, you know, creation time. Passion time, but not that kind of passion time. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think at least for, for quality time and like the sense of like, I just want to be around you and for you, maybe that quality time is working that you understand and want to be around people who also want to get your buzz going. And so you both are buzzing together yeah. And that is, that is your quality time together, For right? Sure. Everybody's quality time looks different. My quality time is literally just sitting on in the same space and maybe like on our phones together. And I don't necessarily need the like buzzing. I do like it, but quality time yeah. is not my love language in the least. So <laughs> no, that's a good feeling like that, you know, finding people that you can breathe easy with that you don't have to entertain. You know, there's probably a big part of you that likes entertaining that or maybe was told that they have to take care of everything. You know, I'm very similar, like finding people that you can breathe easy around that. Like you don't have to entertain them. You don't have to like guide them. Okay. You don't have to show them anything like they are okay doing it. And they are okay by themselves. Like takes a lot of pressure off you. So yeah, like finding those people, like that's all life is finding people that you can breathe easy with. Surely. I've yeah. learned tonight's lesson. I've learned it. Okay. Adrian. Yeah. You just have to shoot your shot. I, shoot your shot. I'm always shooting my I'm trying. I'm 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 doing better. I, I swear I'm doing better. <laughs> also list what you want on your socials. <laughs> like that's the easiest way for people to figure out what how how to use you for their project. Like that's it. What do you, what do you mean it's what I want? Like, like what you want. Like if you want to be, if you want to be on shows, if you want to do interviews, if you want to do stuff like that, just put it, put it in your socials. All right, let's wrap this up. I, in all honesty, <laughs> we'll have you back if you so wish to. Yeah. <laughs> because, anytime. you know, good conversation. We'll have some more things to say. I mean, oh, I am, I'm overjoyed. Okay, and the people I'm having, you know, next and future and coming back. Ugh, ugh just. My my body is just so happy. All right. Uh, <laughs> Why did you have to say it like that, though? I don't. I'm okay with it. Look, look, see. <laughs> no, it's never make no. That I just, I just like to, to make fun of you sometimes because I need it. I need it. Don't worry about it. I need it. No, I, it's just a, it's it's been how it is the I don't know five years. Yeah, I'm a real oddball. Ew, Ew five years. <laughs> All right. God, five years ain't that long. Yeah. Adrian, yeah, Adrian and I have together, not together. <laughs> yes, we've had a long past. Uh, we've had a five-year friendship. That means it's forever, right? Yeah. After five yeah. years. Basically. Yeah, 100%. All right. Five years is the forever <laughs> mark. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Carlos Luna. Do you have anything to plug in before we head out, close this out? Uh, uh, yeah. If you're listening to this on the 25th, the project I am working on will have, is going on right now. This is the last day. <laughs> I'm running Roll Twenty Con for Roll Twenty, so it's three days of gaming for charity. We're raising money for Code Twenty Forty, an organization that tries to uh, put people of color in um, uh, positions in the tech uh, world. So they try to prepare high school kids, college kids for entering the tech field. Great project. We need more people in positions of power and in those uh, roles so it's great cause roll 20 is matching donations so i think for the rest of the month i want to say so every dollar you give 
Roll 20 will be given a dollar as well, up to $50,000 they're in for. So, yeah, other than that, Pyrus of Leviathan should be, I think, finishing up around that time, I want to say. Yeah, so it might be over, or it might be the last one, and then you can find <laughs> me on Indoor Recess on Tuesdays on the D&D uh, Twitch channel. I think that's all I got going on right now. That's a lot going on. Yeah, we do appreciate We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for talking. And thank you all so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dndegreespod. You can also email us at dndegreespod. Have a question, you can slide on into those DMs. You can also now find us at dndegreespod on the internet, just .com, all by ourselves. Thank you, Carlene. Again, I don't think I could ever thank you enough. Help us grow our listenership by referring us to a friend. Tell your parents. Tell your mom. I don't even care. Just just get us out there because these conversations light up my spirit. And I'm absolutely positive at least one other person can feel the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're not going to go there. Anyways, uh, help us grow. Rate us on anything. iTunes, give us five stars. Don't give us any less than five stars because that's a douchebag move. Um <laughs> And thank you again so much for joining us, Carlos. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Mm. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, My name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. Go have some fun.